Hello, welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, and human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now, here's your host, two-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kosowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Woman Show with talking about principles of leadership, business, and human potential. And today, I am super excited to share with you Heather Ann Havenward, CEO of Havenwood Worldwide LLC and Chief Sexy Boss, is a serial entrepreneur and major business builder interested in everyone being successful yes. with a special place in her heart for helping women equal the playing field. Mm. She is regarded as a top authority in internet marketing, business strategies, and marketing. And since her marketing her first online business in 1999, bringing together clients and personal coaches has played an active role in the online market. But before most people even had a home computer. In 2006, she started and developed and grew an online information marketing publishing company from ground zero to over a million dollars in sales in less than 12 months. Everybody wants that. <laughs> oh yeah, fun. Starting without a list, a product, a name, or an offer, Heather Ann molded her client into a successful guru now considered an expert in her field. Heather Ann also hosts the popular podcast, The Win. Heather is the author of two books, Power Guesting and Sexy Boss. And I am so excited to have you on the show today, Heather. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. So what inspired to brand yourself as the sexy boss? Two-part question. And yeah. what qualities must one have to become one? Mm, that's great. So oh, it's a really interesting question. Right, because I'm sitting there, this is a true story. I'm sitting there in Las Vegas with my dear friend named Joe Sugarman. He's a copywriter. He's actually the CEO of Blue Blocker Sunglasses and a mentor of mine and just a friend. And we're sitting there and we're having uh, in, in Vegas. And I love to say we're in this really beautiful restaurant, like the Venetian, but we're not. We're at Soup and Salad. <laughs> so if you know what that is, if you're in the States, you know what that is. So we're just having salad. Him and I are just over, um, hanging out over uh, spinach. And he, he looks at me and goes, you're like a sexy boss. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, you know, you're sexy, you're a woman, you're, you own who you are. And then you're like, you're a boss, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you own your life. And I was like, sounds like a book. He's like, yeah. You know, so that's what, that's literally how it happened. And then he said that between his eating his spinach, uh, with spinach in his teeth. And I thought, huh. And so then I went out and trademarked it. And then he's actually co-wrote the book so the book is written with Joe Sugarman. He's the forward of the book. And it really came out of that, that day. That was around 2010, uh, 11. And then the book came out quickly after that. Actually, from the concept, from the, when I first really got that as a concept, to the entire completion of the book, it was 90 days. Boom. Wow. Including the audio book. Yeah, it was done. So I got the title. He actually helped me like, craft the title. And I was like, that's it. And then, bam, busted out in 90 days. It was awesome. Awesome. And I, you know, it was interesting about the book. I did, it came from a different place for me. 
So I'm a marketer and I come always from this place of what do people want? What do people want? Give them when they want. What do people want? Give them when they want. This particular book was none of that for me. It was truly just my personal story. And then my intention of it was if one person bought it, it was a success. (laughs) That's kind of how I came from it. It wasn't at all about anything in marketing and sales where I always come from. It's about just, this is my personal story as a woman and a business owner and what I've gone through and my ups and downs and challenges and crap. And so how can I share this in a way that would help people, help other women? And so the sexy boss for me is two elements. Sexy is, is actually comes from, and Joe and I talked about that that day, comes from the book, Think and Grow Rich, chapter seven called Sex Transmutation. It's actually a, it's actually a concept, it's a success principle in the book, Think and Grow Rich. Sexy is the energetic connection. We go down that road if you want to. But the boss part, of course, is what I call the personal development side, which is owning all areas of your life. And I think a lot of women are sexy bosses. Like, I mean, you're a sexy boss. You're doing here, you being this, you owning this. You're a sexy boss. You are now a sexy boss. I'll have to remember I'm sexy right? boss. Right? Yeah. And like, sometimes you say, like, I'm a sexy boss. There's a part of you that like, kind of steps up into that. Yeah. And it's energy thing. It's really an energy conversation. But the sexy part, and I noticed that there's two reactions to that sexy boss. People, women either love it, totally get it, like, yeah, I'm a sexy boss, or they like really move away from it. Like, you can't do that. You can't add sex to the word boss because then that's all discriminatory, you know? And what I realized, and I'll share this last piece, I realized that in my corporate career, when I first got started, I don't know about you, but I, I had like really short hair and I had my hair back and I look like a dude you know I had these like outfits that like hung over my boobs you know I was all square shoulder because I was trying to cover up me you know because everyone around me was a man and so I thought well I gotta be like them I gotta I wore turtlenecks you know and I was trying to cover up being a woman and I realized it's that's actually not a good thing and the sexy boss is allowing yourself to be feminine <laughs> How much for allowing yourself to be powerful and have a badass stiletto, right? So that's what it's about. I love it. I love it. It's, and it sounds like totally, it's about the attitude, the mindset you're carrying. It's about confidence and showing up as the person you want to be. Yeah, it totally is. And I, I, there's a girl boss is a big one right now. And I love that one too. And there's a lady boss, but for some reason, those are great. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to be sexy. Sexy and, and powerful. I want to feel that energy. And in today's society, um, if we saw, like, let's call Devil 07, you know, de- a guy who walks in the room and he's all like in a tuxedo and he's like George Clooney looking, we're yeah. like, oh, he's sexy, he's dapper. You know, we had this like drawnness to him. Yeah. What a that magnetism. Into, yeah. When a woman walks into a room with that, that energy, we're like, she's such a bee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's this weird, like, right? Like a guy walks in the room and he just like owns the room and we're like, he's hot, you know? And then a woman does that. Like, who do you think she is? So I call that a sexy boss. And I'm like, girl, come over here and have a cocktail. Have some fun. I I think that that's shifting. Women are starting to say, I see the power in you and I honor that. And therefore I get to have the power in me. And that is shifting. Oh, just one second. 
Oh, I lost you there for a minute. My screen just went, whoo. Okay, I got you back. So the online marketing world is a crowded marketplace. And many, for many, it can be really overwhelming. How can people who want to market online get started without a list like you did? Okay, so, so there's, there's two part aspect of that. One is getting clear what the marketplace does want. You know, what's already working in the marketplace, meaning what are the different niches and what are the problems that you're solving, right? There's always that. And then the next piece is what resonates for you, something that you can consistently speak of, do, talk about over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that's what people miss is they want to make a difference. Um, they want to make money. And then what they do is they don't understand there's specific business models. And then there's specific ways to market that business model in such a way that people will come towards you. What they do is they get what I call the, you know, now it's ClickFunnels, now it's Twitter, now it's Facebook, now it's lead pages, now it's, ah, and they get really confused by everything and they buy, 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 buy all these products. And then the buying, and as a human being, the buying makes us feel like we're doing something. So when I work with clients, which I get all the time, clients, and, and I work with some really powerful clients, is the first thing I tell them is you're not allowed to buy any information marketing products for six months. Now, some of them are like, fine, but I have a few, they're like, what? well, what if there's something new that comes out and like, I can't be there, you know, I'm yeah. like, like you have enough information at this point to let's focus on the sales of the business and kind of streamline everything and get really clear on it before we start, you know, adding another element to it. So in the world of digital marketing, I would say focus on one or two things in the world of marketing, get good at that. And then you can expand. Like I just had a client today. I just told her, she says I'm about content marketing. I said, for you, just stop, like stop doing content marketing, literally stop. It's not going to serve your business. And she just had this relief, like, Oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Because it's, does, it's not going to serve her. So I work with a lot of clients that I look at what's their business and what's the two or three things we can really master and everything else just goes away. You know, sometimes SEO is not going to work for your kind of business. Sometimes that's the only thing is it just depends. It depends yeah. on your business. So that's what I do. And just stopping and taking a look and taking a, like, where's your greatest return on investment basically is where it's coming down to. Yeah. What happens is people are like, I got to do Twitter. I got to do Facebook. I got to do podcasting. I got to do SEO. I got to do webinars. I mean, like you could just, <laughs> there's this pant, you know? I mean, I understand I, I'm, I'm an early adopter. Yeah. So right now I'm in that space of like, I got to do chat bots. You know, like that's my newest, I got to do it because I'm such an early adopter. Um, it is going to serve me. So it's fine, but I'm a huge early adopter. So if it's like a month old, I'm like, I'm behind, you know? So I, I I'm, I'm the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm totally the same way. I'm a very early, early adopter. I had my first cell phone, did my first text message in like uh, 99, right? Or 98. So I'm just an early adopter. I, so I understand that, you know, you have that yeah, urge to try something new, where the innovation yeah, like, is. Oh. Right, right. I'm very big on that. So yeah. So what has been your best method for building a list? <laughs> uh, honestly, today in today's current marketplace, it's podcasting. So guesting, yes. and I have a book out called Power Guesting. As you talked about, it's basically about the power of guesting, like this. But what I learned is, and I'm sure you have too, being what I call on the other side of the mic, is that not everyone's great at being a guest. <laughs> 
some people are amazing. And then some people, you know, they're good at what they do. And then it's kind of like this pull, like you're pulling this teeth out of there. (laughs) You have one word answers and you're like, really? I don't even know what to do with that. So I've learned that not everyone knows how to share their story. So the Mm -hmm. book is about how to share your story, how to learn to share. And with that connection, people then move towards you or or away from you, you know, and that's, I think the best list building right now. So I've been on over 250 podcasts as a guest in like 18, 20 months, 18, 20 months, 18, 20 months. And, um, I've learned the art of how to be a guest and there's an art to it because honestly, my job is to add value to you and to your listeners because I'm a guest in your home. Yeah. That's how I see it. I'm a guest in your space. Yeah. Right. And so my job is add value. Um, and I think sometimes that gets flipped around with guests and I, so what would you recommend for people sharing That's their the story build today? I think. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time sharing their personal story. And with that personal story, what do, what do you do to help draw out that story and get that excitement so that they can share it? Cause it's all in their head, right? They, they yeah. know it, they know it, they've lived it, but to just, and part of it, I think sometimes people are like, well, do they really want to know? And it's like, yes, we do. You know, so here's what I would say to that. I actually teach the process of what the hero's journey is. I don't know if you've heard of that, but the hero's journey is the actual process um, that every movie, successful movie, has been placed on top of. So I'm actually, if you're video, you can see this thing. So it's basically a story mastery. So what you do is you place your life on top of that and then you know how to share your personal story. So can you hear me? Cause I'm getting a lot of in and out. Can you hear me? Yeah. You're can okay. You hear now. Me? Okay. All right. <laughs> so basically what I do is I tell people what you need to do is share your life in a way on the, on the, on the base of the hero's journey. Now here's what I, I hear all the time from women, especially, right? So women are like, well, I feel like I have to have had this massive tragic story, you know, like I lost a left leg and then I got it back or something like, you know, there has to be this really traumatic experience. If not, if I've had a pretty good life and I've just gone through stuff, no one wants to hear about it. That's right. And I always tell women, especially I'm like, Oh no, they want to hear about it because it's in the emotional stuff that you dealt with, you know, that breakup that you cried for five days and you ate bonbons. Like we want to hear that crap. You know, we want to hear you've actually been through some stuff and it doesn't have to be this, you know, I went through a hurricane and lost everything. And I mean, it doesn't have to be this drama. It can be, it can be your own personal story. You know, how did you become a coach? How, how did you start this podcast? Like, why would you do that? Or, you know, I moved from Africa to LA. Well, why tell us what happened there? What was your thought? So I think it's part of the process. And I think every business owner, especially women need to be out there sharing their personal story. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things when we're talking about podcasting and maybe you'll share how the win came about. um, I was sitting in an audience at a conference, listening to someone who was talking about the power behind podcasting and how he started his podcast. And, you know, of course, you know, selling the program at the end. And I sat there thinking, I can do this. I can do this. 
And within 30 days, I launched this podcast, Millionaire Woman Show. And uh, it was an interesting journey because, you know, all I thought about is the worldwide reach and being able to use these principles and see all of a sudden that there's people in Italy and Belgium and Japan and Canada, US and all listening to this podcast. And I'm like, wow, this is phenomenal. You know, so to see that power, like you said, the power behind guesting, but for people to sit there and think when you have an idea and it sparks you to follow through in it. And you might not know how it's going to unfold, but it's so powerful to be through that process and get excited about doing something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you how mine came about. It was through a failure. So that will make women help, help happy, right? <laughs> my, I did my first podcast, Sexy Boss Show, in 2013. I had no idea what I was doing. I did like five episodes all at one time. Like I just threw them all together. Um, and it was horrible intro music. And you can, you can still find it in a graveyard of iTunes today. You can go find it. It's there, still there. <laughs> like the music is still like the eight, 1985. I mean, it's like, you know, it's really bad. So it's really bad. Uh, I, so I thought, oh, this sucks. I'm not going to do this. Thing. I failed. I was like, I failed. You know, it's in iTunes in like the graveyard of iTunes, right? Um, and then it wasn't until 2015, yeah, 15, that a friend of mine had me on his show. And, oh, this is fun, you know, and I had a good time. And then I got like this $5,000 coaching client from it. And I thought, oh, 45 minutes of chit-chat, $5,000 coaching client. Let's do more of that, you know? So I really focused for a year, full year of just guesting. I didn't do any of my own show at all. And then after a year, I started my own show, uh, which is called The Win. And then uh, from there, I've been, um, I'm on national radio at this point. So I moved it from just podcast to national radio. Okay. So what is yeah. the story behind The Win? So the story behind The Win is basically the winning as an entrepreneur. I really focus on just entrepreneur wins. Like, how are you winning? How are you failing? How, what are you really doing? Because what I, well, what I find being in the speaking industry for 15 years is that what you see on stage or what you read in a book is great, but it's not the truth behind it. You know, it's not like how they got there. It's like when you talk to actors or actresses and you got, you know, what was it like waiting tables and you were broke and you had this dream of being an actor? You know, you want to hear that. So I try to get to like the, the juice behind, yes, 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 you're successful now. That's awesome. But like, how did that happen? Or like, yeah. what were those moments? Tell me about the failures. Like, I really find the juice in the failures. Um, you know, something I say, and someone says, don't stop saying it. But I was like, I think I like to say it. I, I'm not a big fan of um, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and the reason I'm not a fan of him is because, to me, he's a success, and congratulations. Um, but he, he didn't fail. Like, he just... He built Facebook, and it was a perfect timing, and the government wanted it. And now, you know... Know, here we are. So it's like this massive success, but like at least even with Oprah or Steve Jobs, there was some like failures. You know, Steve Jobs got kicked out of his company and like how much failure Steve Jobs had to go through and like Oprah and her ups. I mean, you can see the road, you know, the true road. And so I think that's what people are attracted to versus like I built an app and now I'm like forever taken care of. You know, I'm like, mm, that's like lottery. You know, how do you? 
duplicate that success. You can't. How can you learn from that? You really can't. Yeah. What was your biggest failure? Well, right after my mil, um, zero to million dollars, I went. Uh, I was bankrupt. <laughs> so, <laughs> within uh, six months after that, uh, I was uh, bankrupt, foreclosed, foreclosed on, had to be kicked out of my house, and was living in my car. So, went from like boom to to like crash. It was a huge, huge crash. Um, it took me four or five years to like kind of even recover. Um, and it's taken me, you know, at least six, seven years from that time to really kind of get my, you know, confidence back. And so the, the book, Sexy Boss, was me kind of coming out of that misery and mm-hmm. that upset and that depression into like, this is who I want to be. This is who I want to be. This, this is what I'm creating in the future. Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't see myself as a sexy boss at the moment. It was more like, this is what I want to create. This is who I am. Um, and now people are like, hey, tape sexy boss. I remember you, you know, so it's, it's interesting what you say you create, but at the same time, um, yeah, the bankruptcy and foreclosure and losing everything and living out of my car with my dog was the end, the, the bottom for me, <laughs> for me. Hopefully so that's- if you could talk to your 13 year old self, what mm-hmm. advice would you give her? Oh, 13. That was a weird year, right? every year's 13 is one of those weird years. I would say relax, chill out. It's going to be okay. Um, focus on something that you love to do. Not don't listen to everyone telling you what you should do. Just stop listening to them. Just stop listening to them. Stop listening to your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Stop listening to your friends. They really don't know. (laughs) That's probably what I would say. Um, I was really boy crazy. You're like, oh, she's boy crazy. I don't know if you had that. I'm from Houston. So in Texas, it was like, oh, she's boy crazy. It's like a term in the South. Uh, I was boy crazy. So I would say, don't be boy crazy and don't listen to your friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's why what I would say. And it's true. You know, we get uptight about different things and it's like, chill out. Everything's going to work out okay. So yeah, I, I would, yeah, I freaked out at the stupidest. Oh, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so why do you think women particularly that I, I've run into, but men on occasion as well, are afraid to ask for help? Okay. So there's actually one step before that. What the asking for help is challenging, but what they're, when you ask for help, you're giving yourself permission to want it. So there's a two-step process, right? So if I ask for your help on something, I've already given myself permission that I'm allowed to have whatever I'm asking for, right? So women have a hard time giving themselves permission for anything, much less like really amazing shoes. But I mean, just giving themselves permission to succeed, giving themselves permission to desire, giving them some permission that I want that, and then speaking, I want that, and then asking for help. I mean, by the time you ask for help, you're like third step out. You know what I mean? Like some people who are, that's why I'm in venture, I'm a venture, I'm a venture capital community a little bit here in Austin. I'm a mentor and um, it, it's a, I'm a marketing mentor for the venture capital, right? And it's all men, all men, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always like, what's up? What's up? Why? And they're like, we well, don't know. There's, I don't know. And so I started to really look at it. And when you're in a venture capital conversation, you're like, 
you didn't give me money for it. Women are like, they're, that is, that's a lot for them to do because they're like, first of all, is it amazing? I don't know if it's amazing. Do you think it's amazing? We ask the 5,000 people. I mean, we are women. We ask if you want to go to the bathroom with us. I mean, come on, come yeah. on. Right. So <laughs> we had to ask, we had to ask 500 people to see if it's good enough. And then, then we have to ask people for money. It's like, oh, I don't even, I, I believe it. You know, so th- that's why it's more challenging for the permission conversation. And especially for the help, because when you ask for money for a business, I mean, that's beyond asking for help. You're asking for them to give their money into belief of you. And if you don't even believe in yourself, why would you ask for help? And that's part of the challenge with women and permission-based. It's a permission conversation. Yeah. And all too often, they need someone to give them permission. Yeah. I give my clients permission all the time. I'm like, you are, have full permission to be a bad A and a sexy boss. And they're like, I do. Yeah, you do. You know, and I have to give them permission for a while. And I tell them, I'm going to give you permission until you give yourself permission. But for now, I'm the teacher. I'm giving you permission to go to the bathroom like a good little girl, right? Because yeah. we're taught that. We're taught in like kindergarten. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that without permission. And then we expect us as women to all of a sudden change when we're 30. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, first, my job as a coach ill, you're ready to hold it for yourself. All right. So the people who are the most successful tend to be influencers. What is the secret to winning people over and making things happen? Wow. Some good questions, girl. Okay. So winning people over, is that kind of the, the yeah, like that persuasion piece? Well, I, I'm a, I'm a student of copywriting. I'm a student of persuasion. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm kind of coming from that view. I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. We as human beings have not changed that much. In fact, we haven't changed at all for thousands of years. Now people are going to push back on that and go, that's not true. We have iPhones and this, and we have that. The tools have changed. We no longer are on horse and buggy, right? But we as human beings, why we buy, why we move towards something, why we move away from something else, why we love, why we fear, that has not altered. It just, it's not altered for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That's why we can read stories from like a Bible or a really old book and understand it. Because human beings haven't changed that much. Art of war. It's all based on human psychology. So with that said, understanding, everything comes back to human psychology. Understanding how the other person is, what they want, what their desires are, why they're going to move one way versus the other, that will help you inside your influence conversation. So it's a kind of a long answer, but the, the, the intensity, the, the focus of it is understanding what other people want and understand this human psychology. Because at the end of the day, no matter what industry you're in, from doctor, lawyer, politician, whatever, it all comes down to the number one thing you should always learn is human, human psychology. Yeah, because it, it's that what's in it for me philosophy. Absolutely, what's in it for me? What, what am I moving towards? What am I moving away from? What, you know, anger, love. I mean, we just haven't changed that much. I know people want to think that we've changed or the strategies have changed, um, but they just haven't. How we communicate technology has changed. 
but why we're doing this, the connection, the community, the desire to help other people, that hasn't altered in thousands of years. Truth, truth. Well, you know, you have shared so many things, but one of the biggest things that I hope people gain from this is to own that sexy boss analogy of being confident, um, being able to step into your power, giving yourself the permission to go ahead and lead, go ahead and be the business owner that you want to be or climb the corporate ladder, whatever it is for you. But knowing that when you create those situations where people can focus on uh, what's in it for me and when you focus on the people, what they need, you will grow your business. You will grow those relationships. So thank you so much for sharing all that with us. How can our listeners and viewers, because we're going to be have this on YouTube as well, stay in touch with you? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. This has really been awesome. Um, I'm in, I love to share with you my new bot, but it's coming. My new Heather bot is coming. So unfortunately, it's not there yet. Um, if you're listening to this in a week or so, it's possibly coming. Go to um, heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Facebook. And so I possibly my bot will be ready by the time this launches. Um, if not, you can go to heatherhavenwood.com and the upper right-hand side says work with Heather. Click on that and I'd love to have a conversation with you if interested. And then the last I want to give you, your listeners, is a gift. So a gift for three free chapters of my audio books, Sexy Boss. And what they need to do is just text the word sexy to 72,000 via their cell phone. Now, if they're not in the United States, unfortunately that will not work. So they can go to sexybossinc.com. So that is my free. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. And by the way, I have my shirt on. If you can't see in the video, it says being the boss is sexy. I don't know if y'all can see that. No, now I can. Now we can. Okay. All right. So be the boss. (laughs) Awesome. It's time for everybody to work that, be that sexy boss. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you, Heather Havenward, for coming on our show and telling us what it takes to be a sexy boss, but also the power behind storytelling and being that powerful guest on the podcast. And we would love to hear from you. You can email me directly at Deborah at DebraKazowski.com or you could go over to sexyink.com or uh, heatherhavenword and it's .com and you can go there and there's a contact information there as well. You can go over to iTunes, write us a review, give us a five-star high five, spread it around so more people can hear messages like Heather, Heather's around the world. We have listeners all around in Japan, Belgium, United Aramids, like it's phenomenal what podcasting can do uh, for your life and your business. But not only that, the knowledge that you can bring and share to the world, it just is exponential. And uh, you can go over to my website. I have a free gift for you as well. 21 habits that high achievers kick uh, to be successful. So you can grab that ebook. It's available for you to write now at Deborah at Deborah, sorry, DebraKazowski.com. And uh, as Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And my wish for you is go out and make today great. Have a great one, everyone.